very good morning to you. Welcome into today's programme. Uh, thank you for all. By the way, we're getting loads of suggestions as to where people at when they were students. Uh, Courtney's Chip Shop uh, is another one. Leiden's is another one uh, that came in there. We're also getting uh, a lot of explanations about St. Bridget and their surnames and um, St. Patrick and surnames. So uh, we'll stick with that as well. Now, I want to go back to this whole ring road, but... Um, Again, the Galway Ring Road cannot proceed despite fresh review by on board Planola, the minister said yesterday. One man who's had the the ear of the minister, well, two men have had the ear of the minister, I have to say. One of them happens to be Sean uh, Canny, Deputy Sean Canny, and the other one is um, Deputy Michael Fitzmaurice, indeed. But um, Sean Canny joins me on the line today. Uh, Sean, good morning to you. Good morning, Keith. Now, you have a background in construction. So, again, from I, I think we acknowledged at this stage we're at least 10 years down the road, pardon the pun, before we have a road uh, like this. But in the meantime, a lot has to be done uh, within the city boundary when it comes to public transport. Well, yeah, I, I suppose the first thing I would say is that I'm, I'm, I'm very confused as to what's happening at the moment because uh, Minister Ryan stated yesterday that this uh, road cannot go ahead. He is the Minister for Transport. He's the Minister for the Environment. He said that the plan could not proceed. And he's also said that... But is he not predetermining the outcome of Umbor Planola? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, I, I think there's confusion here because I don't know what government policy is. And I don't know whether this is government policy now. The project is in the National Development Plan. The project is also in the Programme for Government. And it is something that uh, it is um, a statement like this leaves uh, a lot of people looking around and saying, what in the name of God is going on here? Is this project going to happen or not? Um, I will be raising it with the Taunus to, today at 12.30 under leaders' questions in the Dáil because I feel we need to get clarity as to whether this job project is being supported or not. I think the Chamber of Commerce, the business people in Galway need to know I think the workers need to know what's going on. And also, I think that the uh, the colleges and education and students all need to know what's going on. And if we are to develop the region and if we're to develop Galway, there are lots of things we need to get right. But if we spend another 10 years with uh, reports and um, people pulling against one another, and the project not happening, um, it's something that has tied up uh, people's properties for years because they have they are in a zone where they're supposed to be demolished. They cannot sell them. Land is being zoned uh, are, are zoned out of development. All of this uncertainty has been there for the last ten years. And the way things are looking at the moment is that if you have a statement like this from the Minister for Transport, who's providing the funding. And if you have a different thing coming from the programme of government, the National Development Plan, we're ending up in total confusion. Uh, and, and I would say it is a, it, this project has affected Galway City, not just from a transport um, a, a point of view, but having talked to the, the chief executive in the city council and the chief executive in the in, in the county council, when you talk about what are we going to do with A, B, C and D, or for instance, where are we going to locate the new fire station? The answer is we have to see what's going to happen with the outer bypass first. So nothing is proceeding because this is the big ticket item 
to get everything else to develop in Galway City. But is it and, not is it not uh, strange though that the Minister for Transport comes out yesterday and makes a statement uh, at a public event? and makes the following statement where he says that the Galway Ring Road cannot proceed despite fresh review by Umbor Planolis as Minister. So why then bother uh, doing, why bother well, going back to Umbor Planola? Because he's prejudiced the case at this stage. And I think it was, I just think it's, it's just, I mean, I think we, we, we've asked people to take a breath this morning and breathe in uh, from the Chamber yeah. of Commerce onwards uh, today because it's not going to be solved in a day or a week or a year. It's going to oh, take, it's oh, absolutely going to not, but I think uh, for the sake of Galway and for the sake of the region, we need to get clarity from government on this project. Are they supporting the project? If it gets through on board Planola, uh, are, are they not? There's no point. We have spent probably 30 million at this stage on planning applications, on reports and on all of that and all of the consultants fees that go into that. All of the reports that have to prepare the environmental studies, that's cost, I would say, up at this stage, the clock must be running at 30 million. So what uh, would nothing to show for it. But at the same time, <clears throat> if the Minister for Transport, which is the funding agency for a project like this, says in black and white, that this project cannot go ahead. Well, what are we at? We need to know if it's not going ahead, what plan has he in place or the government have in place to solve the problems of transport in Galway so that the people from the east of the county and the west of the county can actually access their city and where uh, you will have a city that you can actually get into and get out of in a reasonable time. I know we need to do things with rail, and I welcome all the announcements that, that are being made on that, but we need to get on with all of them. Okay. But at the same time, this is the big ticket item, and if it's not happening, what is going to be done to resolve the problems for Galway Transport in the immediate first of all, and secondly, long term. Because okay. we cannot be sitting on our hands uh, saying, oh, we have to wait till we see what's the outcome of the uh, outer uh, bypass. We need to decide whether we're going to go ahead with it or not. But this statement really throws it all up in the air and puts dust all over the place and clouds the whole thing. I just don't know where it's going. But I hope to elicit an answer from Michal Martin today because I think it's important <clears throat> that we raise this at government level to see exactly what is the attitude of government in relation to this project. But can I ask you, because he's made the statement, should he recuse himself from the um, the outer ring road or should he consider his position and maybe uh, resign in relation to it? Because he is Minister for Transport at the end of the day. <clears throat> he's Minister for Transport, he's the Minister for the Environment. He uh, states that the um, project cannot be because it would breach the um what you call it the the, the the climate action uh, uh, legislation that, that that the government put in place, um, like he has taken over as judge and jury here. But I think we just we just have to get clarity first from government. I think this needs to be resolved uh, between Michal Martin, uh, Eamon Ryan, and and uh, Leo Varadkar and give us a straight answer on what actually government is doing on this. Well, on one side, that's, that's though, what I believe. Yeah, no, but on one side, um, the climate uh, action change and that whole document says we have to reduce our emissions by 50%. On the document yeah. which was submitted to onboard Planola in the summary document at the very end of it, it says that the, <coughs> the, out, the, the outer ring road, as it's now referred to, and uh, the Goway Outer Ring Road, uh, will increase emissions by 47%. So I can actually see where there's a bit of a. There's a, there's a yin no. and a yang and a pull here, so there's on both sides. 
But then we have to compensate but, for it elsewhere. No, I, what I'm, my attitude on this is we shouldn't have uh, uh, two sides in this. We should actually be all sitting down and saying, right, okay, if the minister says this has not happened, what is the alternative plan? And if the government are saying that this will happen, well, let's get on with it. But what's happening here is we have total confusion. We don't know what government policy is on this now. We don't know if it has been okay. pulled from the National Development Plan. We don't know what's happening with it because this statement, as I said, throws dust up in the air and clouds the whole thing. And we need to clear that first and we need to see what what plan are we on. And okay. if we're on no plan, that's when we need to pull all heads together and say, let's get a plan that'll work. Finally, so would you agree with Eamon O'Keefe yesterday on this very programme where he said critical infrastructure like uh, the Ring Road for Galway, for Cork, for Limerick and motorways and Lewis lines and Western Rail corridors and all of that, they should be exempt indeed uh, from the climate change uh, emissions and they need to be compensated for elsewhere. I mean, I thought that was a very good proposal. Well, the thing is that if you take people who are sitting in the car for maybe up to an hour and a half, two hours a day getting to work, they have no public transport, they have no bus lanes, they have no uh, proper rail infrastructure to get into work and they're sitting in the cars every day, something needs to be done for their mental health, for their well-being, for the cost of living, for getting them to work so that they can enjoy their work rather than dreading having to hop in the car and come home again in the evening. So we, 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 however we do that, we have to do it. We have to improve the lives of our citizens and we have to do it for the long term. I don't believe that we need to be arguing about uh, carbon emissions or reducing reducing carbon emissions. I think if we get a plan that everybody can work with and get it done, we will see benefits accruing. And like that, if Eamon O'Keefe says we need to be uh, counterbalancing something that we're doing by having a, a compensation someplace else or exempting it, that's fine. But I tell you, if the, if, the, if the Western Rail Corridor was built and all our freight was going down to fines and we we're taking all of the, the, the big trucks off the road, what that would be saving if we double track the line from Athenry to Galway, make a freight centre in Athenry, we, we're, we're we're also helping things. If we uh, if we look at how we're doing our transport around Galway, we have this plan okay. which is actually on the table for over 12, 14 years now, if not longer, and it has cost us a fortune, and it's still only a piece of paper. We have bus lanes to put in. We have. Uh, the Galway Airport, I was talking to our leadership about this last night, Galway Airport, 135 acres. Why in the name of God don't we have a park and ride there? Uh, we're told it won't work. We're told other feasibility studies have to be done. You know, it's just uh, an ongoing saga. Okay. And I think the book stops with government right now. And that's why I'll be um, questioning the Thornish th- about it today at 1230. And you're supporting that government. Sean Kenny, thank you indeed for joining us uh, today. Uh, Keith, if our Taoiseach, Mr. Martin, could sort out his bias with Sinn Féin, we could get rid of the Green Party fairly quickly, this caller said. I think we have another Boris Johnson as uh, Transport Minister, uh, this uh, caller said. What about Green Acres, Keith, in Prospect Hill? Oh, do you remember Green Acres? Green Acres. Yeah, remember it. Um, that's another good eatery. So it is uh, from there. Why is Pauline O'Reilly... Uh, going on about emissions. I thought there were banned petrol and diesel cars by 2030 and we'd only be driving electric cars. It's the Greens uh, way or no way. Um, Do you know what? I certainly won't be able to afford in 2030 an electric car. I said to young Mr Morley outside this morning, he won't be either. Uh, And we will not be without diesel and petrol cars by 2030. How can a haulage company make uh, deliveries in Galway City, this caller wants to know. Um... 
uh, and out west, trying to get through Galway City in a 46-ton Arctic with 60-foot long. Uh, get him and Pauline, try driving that one. I am, so this is Tony to the programme today. And another caller said uh, today, um, can anyone take Eamon Ryan seriously? He wants a bypassing Cork, but no, 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 no to the Galway Ring Road. Time for the public to get rid of this green show and get them out of office. Uh, so this is Eamon from Craig Moore. And uh, Keith, uh, this caller said, uh, get her off. There's plenty of money for everything else. So says Tony. And uh, Keith, uh, this caller said, I have to just load it slow for me there. Could you please mention that the Ballandering Community Centre will hold a coffee morning this morning, Thursday, the 2nd of February from 9 until 12, in aid of the Chloe Murphy Benefit Fund from Kinvara. Chloe was struck by a car and seriously injured in Australia last month. Oh, God love her. All proceeds of this and other fundraising events will go directly to defraying the significant cost excuse me, that she and her family incurred. And uh, that comes from Brendan to us uh, today. Uh, so, again, if anybody can help there, we might see, can we all help in that regard from there? I also got a note from Michael Finnerty, uh, the former councillor and former co-hairlock of uh, Galway County Council. And um, he sent me um, a message the night before last, and he said, uh, Keith, you might uh, give a mention on your show uh, some morning to Peter Finnerty, who celebrates his 65th birthday on Wednesday, which was yesterday, from all of his friends in Porty Uncle Hospital. Many thanks, and that goes to Michael Finnerty. Are they related? Is Michael the younger, the older brother? That is the question. Mm. Uh, nobody, sh- this uh, caller said, nobody shops in Galway anymore because we're finding it difficult to get in. That's what we don't want to hear. We want you to come in, we want you to park. We want you to spend money uh, because this problem too will move but the traders in town have got to continue trading. I keep the train service from Tume is badly needed. Students are depending on buses which are sometimes full or are starting to drive earlier adding to the traffic as well. And uh, Keith, this caller, said um, St. Bridget's is... Oh, you tell me about St. Bridget. I'll come back to that in a moment. I have to take a short commercial break. It's 22 minutes past 10. Galway Tours, in association with Tesco. Find our award-winning Irish ranges in store and online at tesco.ie. Uh, Keith, this uh, caller said, do, 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 do. Um, yeah, no, I have to go down to this one here. It's all about honesty from our public reps. We need them all to work together now and focus on immediate solutions. Public transport is key. Another caller said, I'm sorry, Keith, but you can say, take a breath about the ring road, and then that's all you have on. Uh, Sean Canny on now telling us what we already know. What did he do when he was in government? Another caller said, very biased radio today. Well, we're trying to be down the middle. Uh, and uh, Sean Canny just sent in a statement. I did not, I did not the government, I voted against the government and the appointment of both of me. So, so he must be saying there, I did not support the government. I voted against uh, the government on the appointment of both Michal Martin and Leo Varadkar as Taoiseach on the basis and that the composition of the government is not what is best for rural Ireland. Can you clarif- clarify this on the show, please, from Sean? So again, statement from him, I did not support the government. I voted against this government and the appointment of both Michal Martin and Leo Varadkar as Taoiseach on the basis that the composition of the government is not what is best for rural Ireland. Please clarify on the show from Sean. Glad, glad to to um, clarify from there altogether. Keith, surnames did not begin until the 11th century and both St. Patrick and St. Bridget were there long before then. So that's why we don't have surnames for them from there. Um, 
Otherwise, the comment lines here, I'm just looking at them here, they're, they're coming in hot and heavy. Uh, really com coming in hot and heavy here. Don't forget, by the way, Community Matters. And uh, next week, we're coming from Headford, and tomorrow week, so we are. We were there yesterday in the Angler's Rest. We had a gang of people in a room uh, talking about ideas for the programme and who might come on with us and that. Uh, it was a, an eventful meeting, I'll say that much for you. Uh, it was an eventful meeting, but uh, we were there yesterday. But we're in um, Skull... I always get around Skull... Uh, we're in the, the hall um, in Headford, so we are, and we're there from nine o'clock what's the hall called again there I always get it wrong so I do uh, John what's the hall in Hedford called St. Forsey's Hall yeah I always get it wrong uh, but we're there on Friday week tomorrow week we'll be there nine o'clock we'll be there before nine uh, but thanks to and we have some lovely guests lined up some very nostalgic guests and people who know about uh, Hedford and young people who've made great successes and made money in Hedford and all that type of stuff so they'll be joining us from there now I want to go to Geraldine O'Brien, who's Vice President of the ASDI, because there's some serious exam concerns and they must be addressed according to the ASDI. And, uh, and she joins me online one today. Uh, Geraldine, good morning to you. What, what, are the, what are the main concerns for people who don't have uh, young people doing exams? What are your concerns in relation to? Uh, good morning, Keith. Well, the main concern, uh, Keith, was it was uh, a decision made by the minister, really, without any consultation with the practitioners on the ground, who are the teachers, and really teachers have the best understanding of um, what works best for their students. Um, uh, the current proposal that the minister made, uh, March 22, was to split the Irish and English papers, to take uh, paper one in fifth year and paper two in sixth year for both Irish and English. Now, we believe that this is uh, a very bad decision. Uh, it's educationally unsound uh, for a number of reasons. Uh, the syllabus is designed to... Uh, be examined at the end of a two-year period. Um, having an assessment at the end of year one would mean that the specifications for both Irish and English would need to be rewritten and rewritten very, very quickly if so, this proposal goes ahead. Sorry, Charlie, am I hearing you right now? That Are you saying that um, paper one will be done in fifth year and paper two will be done in sixth year? That's the that's the current proposal by the minister. But surely, to God and all that's good and holy, between reviews and and studying and teaching and otherwise, the curriculum goes to the end of sixth year. You sit your exams, and that's it. If you know what you know, and if you don't, you don't. Well, why would you change it and split it into two years and put pressure on people? That's two years what? of national exams. <laughs> Keith. <laughs> I thank you for your empathy and your <coughs> amazing understanding of the process. I hope the Minister is listening. As you say, the skills in Irish and English develop in tandem over the two-year period. Yeah. For in Irish, for instance... But she's a teacher, Geraldine. Well, see, in one sense, maybe I'd rather not comment on that, except to say it beggars belief that a teacher could be party to such a decision. Now, maybe when they move out of the classroom, they really forget the reality back in the classroom. But this is educationally unsound. It will put more stress on students instead of relieving stress. The minister's proposal said it was to relieve stress. This will in no means relieve stress. It will aggravate the stress. 
So, Geraldine, at this stage then, why not just bring the Irish and French Orals back to second year? It's that, that ridiculous. Well, maybe that would be a better suggestion <laughs> than the the the, uh, the current proposal by by the minister. Well, why but, would you split an exam and put people through the horrors of doing a state exam twice at the end of fifth year, and then you're doing everything at the end of sixth year or whatever it is in particular schools? Um, but why would you do that? You come in off TY and you fire them into a state exam at the end of if they do to you, uh, in, at the end of fifth year, I don't know. Well, you've raised an interesting point there now, Keith. At the end of TY, but some students, one, are not offered TY. Yeah. And two, don't do it. At least if they did TY, they would have a chance to develop their oral writing, reading uh, skills. Um, to to develop their creative skills by being exposed maybe to extra reading, extra text, extra media. But without TY, they won't even have that exposure. So they have they would have, as you correctly say, Keith, they would have stress at the end of uh, year one in Leaving Cert, and they would have that stress repeated again at year two of Leaving Cert. Now, there's also the... Um, worry of how it would impact on other students. As teachers in the classroom, we all know the week the orals are on for Irish, English, the modern foreign languages, uh, that the students concentrate on the orals for that week. Mm-hmm. Now, if there is an exam at the end of year one, then the students will concentrate solely on that exam and they will forget about their other subjects. Yeah, so fifth year is lost reality. to them. So. It's more stress then for the student at the end of the two-year process to leave and search. And it's only half of Irish and half of English we're looking at here. Yes. And they focus on that because they want to get that out of the way. And then they're in a flurry of activity right to the end of uh, sixth year trying to get ready for the leaving search and stressed again. It, it, it's a, it, it makes no educational sense. It's not based on any sound educational practice. It is just change for change's sake. Julia O'Brien believes I'm she will relieve stress, but in, instead she will compound stress. Well, I'm scratching my head, and I'm waiting for somebody to run into the studio and say April Fool's Day to me, because it's like Father Ted's story at this stage, not to be quite honest, that you would do something like that and split it over two years. Why not let the two years of the curriculum finish out so they come out of... Uh, the junior cert, if they do TY, they do TY. If they don't do TY, they go straight into the Leaving Cert program on the first day of September and they run right through to the September 24 months on. And that's the way it should, that's the way education is run. Why change it? I, I don't know, Keith. I don't know. The minister thought it was a good decision. Uh, maybe it was an early win for the minister and the students initially thought it would relieve stress but when they researched it and understood it and it was explained to them by their teachers, they now realise themselves that it is not a good decision. That it will, um, in fact, add to their stress levels instead of relieving their stress. And you mentioned a point there about junior cycle. In the current junior cycle, the writing skills are rather limited by comparison to what they were in the old junior cert. So students will have very, very limited writing skills if they go into uh, doing this paper at the end of year one rather than the two-year cycle. Um, somebody just said there, it's um, 
it eases the workload. But how can it ease the workload? The, the, the They've got scheme, half it over, I suppose, in, in year one. But the, the skills in all the aspects of whether it's English or whether it's Irish are developing in tandem over the two years. They develop their writing skills and their reading skills and their oral skills. Whereas if they do one paper at the end of year one, those skills will not be fully developed. And then when students reflect on that, maybe the following September, when they're a little bit more mature or in their leave and search year, feel, I didn't do a good exam in year one. Now I need to do much better in year two to get the grades I wish to achieve for whatever um, college course they wish to pursue. And pray tell, has the Minister disclosed to us, will uh, the students that sit it at the end of fifth year, will they, will they be given their results then? That's another, another problem, Keith, because we, don't, we, have not be, we are not privy to that level of detail yet. Yeah, so, so they, they, work, a, they work a year, sorry, Geraldine, they work a year, they sit the exam, they hope they did okay, they don't get results, then they work the second year, and maybe the first year didn't go well for them, second year went okay for them, and that could de- determine where they go to college. Absolutely, absolutely. And that's problematic for the student because they don't know where, no. where they stand when they're embarking on their second year of leaving cert. And you can't go back it's and review. It's very unfair to the student and you can't go back and redo it. You can't re- and you can't review it after 12 months and say, well, I, I should have got an extra point there, an extra point there. Is this all about the correctors and those that are... Is it about making jobs for those that are correcting newspapers or is it spreading the load for... The, or not newspapers, for, um exam papers or is it about spreading the load for the um those correcting exam papers well the, the the those correcting exam papers they will now be correcting them in two years they will be correcting them at the end of year one and the yeah. end of year two there's a difficulty currently with getting um correctors and that's a different issue mainly because they're not paid adequately um, but th- to say that they're going to have to correct um, at the end of year one and the end of year two is going to mean overload for the correctors as well. Right. And may result in, in, in uh, a shortage of correctors. All right. Well, we won't solve it uh, today, but thank you indeed uh, for joining us on today's uh, programme. I hope, though, Mother of God, can somebody please uh, talk to Norma Foley and ask her, could she consider... Uh, what we're saying there. Um, but again... Well, can everybody be wrong, Keith? I know, on Grayson, the students themselves, the teachers in the classrooms, I've yet to meet a single teacher who thinks it's a good idea. Minister, please listen before you make an educationally unsound uh, change to our current good practice at Leaving Cert which is externally assessed, is world-renowned. All right. Uh, Geraldine, uh, I'm still waiting for your man to come through the door here and say April Fools to me, so I can only imagine how you feel. Uh, thank you so much for joining us uh, today, and we will stick with this one and put a call in to the Department of Education on this one as well, because that is just absolutely bananas uh, altogether. That's Geraldine O'Brien there joining us, uh, Vice President of the ASTI joining us uh, there on today's programme. Uh, Keith, the Green Party doesn't want a ring road. It's a disgrace uh, what they are at... Um,
had to get rid of them from government, just uh, leave Fine Gael and Fianna Fáil and some like-minded independents. And uh, Keith, I think other people don't want the ring road either. And uh, we need to think of the people around the city uh, that are voting for politicians because we're being left where we are in limbo. And another caller said, Keith, uh, you will find it hard to beat the Ollie Roadshow. It was ahead of its time and it was enjoyable. Well, ours is enjoyable too. But Ollie's was excellent, yeah. He did that during the summer, during August. And uh, Keith, I always loved going to Galway, but never uh, going more because of the traffic delay and the cost of parking. Uh, this is just not right, this caller said. And uh, I wish I could go back. You can come back. Come on, come in, come in. Galway's open for business. We need you. To be there. Good morning, Keith. It takes me 40 minutes to come from Clare Galway to Galway City. And I'm going to visit my mum in the Apri nursing home. I nearly have to leave an hour so I can be there on time. So says Lorraine to the programme today. So 40 minutes from Clare Galway to Galway City. And um, going to visit your mum in Apri nursing home. And I nearly have to leave an hour before I can, um, so I can be there on time. And I meet that, I meet Lorraine there. Quite often, I have to say. Uh, there you go. It's not, not easy. And Keith, um, giving out with the greens, 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 greens. Quick commercial break. It's uh, 10.40. We're back just after these. A very good morning to you. Galway Talks, in association with Tesco. Click and collect allows you to collect your order whenever suits you. Oh, a very good morning to you. Welcome in to today's programme. The comment lines are open if you do want to get through to us. Uh, today you can do so on 091 770077 and 086 3553 with thanks to Rationale Windows and the wonderful team in Galway. Now, last year examiners were paid a rate of up to €35 Euro per exam script, which varied depending on the complexity of the subject. Uh, they were marking the level of uh, whether it was for junior cert or leaving cert also applied. And uh, somebody else said they're getting €41 Euro per script. Could they be getting €41 per script? So if you have 100 then scripts to correct, is that €4,100? It is. And if you're doing 1000 let's not go there. That's a lot, isn't it? Quite expensive. Correct. Anyway, let me go to Donald Healy, who joins me from Ireland West Airport, Knock, because Aer Lingus has recently announced a new route from Ireland West Airport, Knock, to London Heathrow, replacing the uh, Gatwick uh, service. And uh, Donald joins you on the line today. Donald, good morning to you. Keith, good morning. How are you? Good. Thanks for joining us uh, today on the programme. Uh, This is a big shot in the arm to Ireland West Airport, Knock. Yeah, Keith, it is. As you said, we, we welcomed the announcement on Tuesday by Erlingus of a brand new daily service to Heathrow, which is the first time in the airport's 37-year history that we'll have a connection to one of Europe's major international airport hubs. So a big news story for the airport, thankfully. And how did this come about? I mean, did a lot of work have to go in behind the scenes to get this over the line? And there is, Keith, yeah. Look, we would be in regular discussions. Heathrow would be one of our prime targets uh, for the last number of years. Uh, I suppose the business community in the west of Ireland have been crying out for it to gain access to a, a major international hub like Heathrow, which provides onward connectivity, Keith, to 80 destinations worldwide. So you can now book flights to like the likes of Boston, New York, Washington on the Aer Lingus site, seamless check-in at Knock, and you won't see your bag then until you arrive in the US. So... 
that has been a very attractive proposition. It effectively sees the return of US flights to the west of Ireland and combined with that you have the armor connectivity to places like Asia, Australia. So it's something that the business community in particular have been lobbying hard and you know, from, from our perspective it gives us access, as I said, to, to over eighty destinations worldwide. So it's been a long time in the making. It has, and I mean, to be honest, it's great to have it. Did you say 37 years? 37 years. Uh, the first time we even have a connection to Heathrow since the airport opened, so wow. another milestone. So the airport opened in what, 1986? Opened in 1986, yeah. My God. Um, so, again, when will these flights begin then from Ireland's Airport Dock to uh, Heathrow? The flights start on the 26th of March, Keith, which is a Sunday, and it'll operate daily all year round. As I said, you can book it now on airlingus.com and all the North American connections are there. And you can also book on their coach air partner, BA. So BA.com has a range of flights there now from, from Ireland West Airport to all over Europe and indeed North America and further afield. So look, one of the big benefits of this service is the coach air partners that Airlingus are aligned with how to eat So they have co-chair partnerships with the likes of Air Canada, Alaska Airlines, American Airlines, Iberia, JetBlue and United. So over time, flights from NOC will be available to all the airlines as well. So it's, it's really putting the airport on, a, on, a, on the global map. And, and the fact that Heathrow is not in Europe anymore, does that, does that add anything to the cost or does it, does, it, does it affect indeed the freedom of flights in and out? No, no, it doesn't. We, we we flights already to nine different UK airports, so it's business as normal in that regard, Keith. Yes. So oh, and and what a, what about American immigration then? Because uh, if you have an English passport, you're treated slightly different. Uh, so will it be the clearance then will be on the US side if they use it as a hub to get to the US? Yeah, yeah, exactly. The clearance side will be done on the US side. So if you're traveling, for example, to JFK. You can check in your bag at NOC <clears throat> and not collect it till you go to the US, but you'll have to do your clearance on the US side, yeah. And, and have you looked yet? I mean, is, are the bookings fairly fairly good on this already? Well, it's only a couple of days since it went on sale. Keith saw so it's a bit early to know, but look, the feedback we've had and the coverage we've had nationally has been very, very positive. And look, whilst we're very disappointed to lose our Gatwick service, we will endeavour work to get that back but I suppose it's it's the opportunities that are provided by having access to Heathrow hopefully will be a game changer for this part of this part of the West. And from an aircraft point of view then is it going to be one of the big ones or is it going to be one of the commuter ones that they'll be using? It's it's the normal standard size jet aircraft so it's an A320 which was the existing aircraft that is used on the Gatwick service and I think over time it'll probably move to one of the a319 or A320 Neo aircraft, the more uh, modern day aircraft that Erlingus are using. And what time of the day will it be leaving Ireland West Airport Dock and what time will it be coming it, back at? It leaves Heathrow at 11.30 in the morning and gets into us at 12.30, sorry, it leaves Heathrow at 11 o'clock in the morning, gets into us at 12.35 and then departs the airport at 1 o'clock. And that was key, I suppose the timing of the flight was key for us, Keith, because it provides the connectivity, so to the onward connections globally. So when you arrive into Heathrow, you're effectively connecting, as I said, with 80 different destinations around the world. For example, going to New York, you'd have an hour and a half layover, and then you can get on your New York flight with BA or United or American. So that was key to us, that we had that connectivity piece, which has never been possible before through the airport. So that, that's hopefully a big, big boost for us. 
it's 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 a change of mind certainly for the Irish travelling population I think uh, for them to, to consider and I have a friend who does it all the time but if you get on an Ireland West Airport knock but you fly over to England and then you fly back over the island of Ireland and onwards to America if you're taking one of those but I have a friend who does it but he goes through Amsterdam all the time because he gets better yeah. quality of flights um, out of Amsterdam and he does it all the time but uh, he said it's you don't notice it. He said once you because Amsterdam is so close, Heathrow is so close that when you're up, really you're you're back over Ireland again yeah. within about twenty five minutes. So you are because you're flying so high and you're on your journey from there. Well, absolutely, and I suppose the big thing Heath is the choice available from the likes of Heathrow. So as I said, you have the choice there of seven, eight, nine different flights with different coach air carriers to the likes of New York, Boston, and further afield. So. And by all accounts, it's very competitively priced. So I suppose when people are considering these things, you're looking at, do people need to travel to Dublin when they have the likes of ourselves? And indeed, Shannon, down the road, supporting regional airports and getting access to the likes of Heathrow from Ireland West Airport. You know, it's going to save businesses, it's going to save commuters time instead of driving the three-hour journey up to Dublin and all that comes with that. They can use their local airport now and be in New York and travel onward to the Amsterdam's of this world and Paris, well, you know, very, very seamlessly. So we're hoping that the support from the businesses in the region, in both the West, Northwest and Midlands, will be strong for this route because it's like everything, Keith, Keith if this proves popular and is supported, Aer Lingus will add more capacity. That is a given and will open up access to precisely more new routes in the future. It is, but I'm, I'm thinking of somebody leaving the likes of Chicago, Boston, I'm five... I was watching a programme last night on Boston featured on it and my heart went out to it because I have very fond memories of Boston many, many years ago. But you can imagine somebody getting on the plane in Logan Airport in Boston flying to Heathrow and then hubbing in Heathrow and arriving into Ireland West Airport Knock. They are a thousand years apart, the two, leaving Boston and Logan and arriving into the beauty of Ireland West Airport Knock. Yeah, absolutely. And look, the other side of it is from an inbound tourism, it opens up access from the US to the west of Ireland and look with the success of the Banshees of Inishir and it's now going to put hopefully the airport on the map as a gateway to the likes of Ackle Island and the Aran Islands which is getting very good traction in the US so you know when Colin Farrell wants to fly home for the party in Ackle he can now come from LA to Heathrow to knock so <laughs> win-win for everyone <laughs> Oh and I can see Don Healy will be there so you will with Joe Gilmore you'll be taking the photographs and all that go with it um, Keith, when, Keith, we'll get you. We'll get you down that day. You can do a live broadcast and you can talk to him on air if it comes through. Sure, I'll just give him a ring tonight and ask him when is he flying <laughs> into Ireland West Airport? Not all together. We'll take it from there. So, uh, just again, um, so it leaves um, Heathrow at eleven o'clock, uh, rises into yeah. Ireland West Airport at twelve thirty-five. What is turnaround time and takeoff time? Uh, it's a turnaround time about twenty-five minutes from the airport. So you'll be back up in the air, leaving the airport at one o'clock, getting into Heathrow at two thirty, and as I said, then you connect with. 80 plus destinations worldwide, an hour 45 over for the likes of New York or Boston. So, you know, you'll be in the air again, going to New York hopefully by 4 or 5 o'clock. All seamless, as I said, check in your bag at knock, you won't see it till the US, so you can just transit through Heathrow Airport. So, look, we're looking forward to it, and thanks again to everyone for their support in, in making this happen. I think we should try that. I think we should try that out. I think we should um, uh, try, I think we should put you uh, on the first flight out. And then you'll have to ring us from Boston the following morning and tell us how long it to get there. I, I'm, I'm nominating you for that now. <laughs> Wasn't an outside broadcast in the Fitzpatrick in Manhattan be right down your street now? We could do the whole, we can we can live, live stream the whole process and show people how easy it is to do. 
Do you know what? I actually wrecked it five years ago for a broadcast, so I did around the same time. Listen, we, yeah. we'll we'll be talking, but it's um, it's it's lovely to see it coming. I mean, Heathrow, even just to get to London, I was saying to Joan last night, two nights in London would be just lovely, just to just just to to see it again. But Boston even be better. Listen, thanks for joining us uh, today, uh, Donald Healy, there, marketing director with Ireland Wednesday. We're not joining us on the line there. And uh, Keith, this uh, caller said, it's uh, 20 euro a day to park in the Mill Street car park. Imagine if you have to park there every day, it would be crazy. And uh, other calls coming into us there today too. Um, in relation to Keith, in relation to the outer bypass, um, it has to go ahead and that's it. End of story. And another caller said, Keith, um, who said Boris Johnson was transport minister? Is he now coming to Ireland? Are we accepting him? Is he not anti-European? No, somebody said, I think we have another Boris Johnson as Transport Minister. He's not coming to Ireland. Not that I know of. If he is, he didn't tell me. And the telephone line's coming in today, by the way, as well. Uh, Keith, this uh, caller said, one of the best things we ever did in this country was the motorway. It keeps uh, the traffic moving and that's what we need to do from there. Keith, there was a shop called Silks across from the Western Hotel in Prospectale that had lovely food in it too. Uh, Keith, to, you all need to wake up in regards to emissions. By then, we'll all have electric cars from there. Uh, we were 40 minutes waiting for the bus outside the casino. It took an hour and a quarter to get as far as Merchants Road. By the time I got to Merchants Road, a few people had got off and walked. I was waiting in our square to get another bus to Ormore, which went all the way through and to the Galway Clinic. By the time I got to Ormore, I was on it three hours. Oh my God. That is some hell of, So 40 minutes waiting for the bus outside the casino in Saltail. Took an hour and a quarter to get as far as Merchants Road. By the time I got to Merchants Road, a few people got off and walked. I was waiting in our square to get another bus to Ormore, which all went the way through Galway Clinic. And by the time I got to Ormore, it was 40 minutes. Uh, Keith, the scholar said, are there blessing of the throats tomorrow? I don't know, to be honest. Tomorrow is the third, isn't it, uh, Feb? Can somebody help us on that one? And uh, Keith, uh, when I was in college also, I remember um, a, a girl called Sarah working in the GBC and she did a fine job and she minded us all. And it'd be lovely to find that Sarah now and have a chat with her. We're just trying to find out to help a student who's doing a project as to where you would have eaten in bygone days, in older days. I'm talking about 60s, 70s, 80s and early 90s. Um, have you a favourite place that you went to and or otherwise if you have uh, can you text us straight away to 086 38 33 uh, it's St Blaise's Day tomorrow so the blessing of the throats is taking place if you're having blessings of the throat in your parish would you be good enough please to uh, text us to that number as well let's head towards the 11 o'clock news we're back just after these Galway Talks in association with Tesco find our award winning Irish ranges in store and online at tesco.ie